So Merry Christmas, everyone. And um, hang on, you know, in, in 10, 12 days, it'll be over, you know. And then, uh, okay, so I'm going to be in Luke chapter um, 1, but just on a lark, if you have a whole Bible with you, uh, Old Testament included, go to Psalm 91. I want to just look at a verse there, but um, Luke 1 is where we're going to land uh, for the, the bulk of this. I am so delighted that you're here, and and um, you're. We're at the end. We're at the ah oh, after a big weekend of shows, and, and so now we're going to relax and just enjoy the birth of the Savior, the coming of uh, the Savior of the world. And so, this is a, a wonderful season for us to enter. I'm I'm looking at um, in Psalm 91. It says. Um, and this is part of the cosmic wonder of this thing. Uh, Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Think of it, you're under the shadow of the Almighty. Think of that word picture. And I'll say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You're my refuge. Skip down to verse 11. No, verse 9. Um, if you say the Lord is my refuge, you'll take, you make the Most High your dwelling. And then verse 11. He will command his angels, get this, he will command, it's the Lord God from verse 1, got it? And, and again, verse 9, the Lord God will command his angels. Whose angels are they? They're God's angels. Okay, that's important to get. They work for him. He will command his angels concerning you, concerning you and me, to guard you in all your ways. Get that. Okay. Keep that in mind. That may be one you want to memorize for the days ahead. He will command his angels concerning you. Wow. Are not all of God's angels, Hebrews 1, ministering servants to those who are inheriting eternal life? So if you're a believer in Jesus, God gives angels and he assigns angels. Hebrews 1, 14. Okay. So, Father in heaven, now as we open your word, um, uh, may we see the wonder of this incredible plan and how you have figured it out to every detail beyond our scope to comprehend. And yet we say, uh, to you alone belongs the glory. So we come and we adore you. Thank you. Thank you for the Savior. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So Zachariah and Elizabeth, they're an elderly couple. They, um, he's a priest for the Lord, and they're looking forward to this coming king. And uh, they have no children, but he's a priest. She's a very a sweet wife, but they're beyond the age of having children. They find out they're going to give birth to the final prophet for this coming king. They don't know he's going to be savior, but they, they get, they're going to give birth to this uh, to this final prophet. His name will be called John. John's a wild man. Any of you have a kid who's a wild man? Oh yeah. I have a daughter who when, we, when she was 18 months old we knew she was a drummer uh, because every pot and pan in the kitchen was on the floor and she had wooden spoons and she is a drummer at 18 months. She's a, she's a great high energy gal. But John the Baptist was a high energy guy 
He, he was a wild man from his clothing to, to his hair to his speech, everything about him. And so this elderly couple who's beyond the years of raising their, of having children, they have a baby. This is one of the things I love about 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds who have babies. They don't really parent them. They grandparent them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah, they just let him go. And sure enough, they are. But you know who told them they were going to have a baby? It was an angel. It was an angel. And when an angel showed up to Zachariah and said, you're going to have a baby, he was stunned. Absolutely stunned. When Mary found out she was pregnant with the baby that we would call Jesus, she was going to give birth to the Savior of the world. It was an angel who told her. And when baby Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the scriptures tell us the shepherds came to see this great event, but when they, the only way they found out about it was because of some angels who showed up to announce it. And he will send his angels concerning you. So this, uh, this angel announces to the shepherds, uh, go to the back side of the hotel, there'll be a manger, animal trough, there'll be a baby Jesus there, go. And then a whole heavenly host shows up. And so when angels show up in the story of Jesus, Luke chapters 1 and 2, these are messengers. It's really what they are. They're, they're telling the story that they're on assignment to tell. But this is not their first time on assignment. You see, I don't want, if I'm going in for surgery, I don't want a surgeon to go, see, I've never done this one before. <laughs> I'm hoping to find the heart. <laughs> oh, that's what it looks like. Yeah, you don't want to hear that as you're dozing off. I want someone who's done this so many times they can do it in their sleep. And that's, that's who God the Father gives the assignment to, to announce and to protect the baby Jesus. You see, um, these angels are messengers of the Most High God, and they show up over a hundred times in the Old Testament. Sometimes they show up as a visitor, or as, a, as a voice, as a myriad, a bunch of them. Sometimes they show up as people, as armored guards. Sometimes they show up as ministering angels, as, as comfort. And uh, different terms, but well over a hundred times they show up. So um, Exodus chapter 14, for instance. Angels here are the messengers of God's presence. Early in God's history, God's people um, have been chosen for himself. They're called the Hebrew people. We call them the Jews today or the Israelites. And early in God's story, they're taken into slavery. That's, and so even though you're God's chosen, that doesn't mean life's going to be easy. When they escape that slavery, they travel to a land they'd never been to before, and it's unknown to them. Exodus chapter 14 tells us, and the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. Why is he doing that? He's showing them his presence, and he's actually protecting them as well. They're about to cross in, uh, out of out of hostile land and into the safe zone. And as they do that, the angel wraps himself around that whole cluster of people. God knew these refugees were en route and they would need assurance of his presence. And so he sends angels to, and so I, I tell you this, take comfort, my friends. Angels are there as ministering spirits of, of, of not only God's message, but as God's message of his presence, that he's just here for you. Just here for you. Secondly, angels are messengers of God's, not only his presence, but also his protection. Later in Exodus, we'll read in chapter 23, see, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way, 
to bring you to the place I prepared. The angels are going to guard. They're going to they're going to be the strong, the strong defense measure. So pay attention to them and pay attention because you need to listen and obey because they say what they mean. They mean what they say. So before you get there, understand that an angel is going to clear the way for you. And this is more than presence. This is protection. God is saying, I will set, and he'll go on to say in the text, I will set terror in the hearts of the other people. In other words, they'll scatter because they're scared. Why? Because the angels will make sure that people stay back. They'll clear the path for you to go. So pay attention, verse 21. Pay attention to what the angels say because they will be your security guard into the land that I'm showing to you. Angels are messengers not only of God's protection and his presence, but also of his, of his provision. Um, I love this story, and I've used it before, but it's, it just is just one of my favorites. It's the story of Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, sometime after the promised land and after the kingdom's been established, there's a voice of God, and his name is Elijah, and he will stand up against national leaders, and he will, he will speak the voice of God, and he will, actually, um, he will actually speak in opposition to the king leader of the day. And his, not the king, the king gets mad, but, but his wife gets really honked off. You never want to tick off the wife. Just free advice. He ticks off the wife. She says, I'm going to kill you. I'm coming after you to kill you. He has had some spiritual high moments, and now he's in a spiritual low moment. And that's not uncommon to have after incredible highs to have incredible lows and um, Elijah's written document a documentation that this can happen to any of us and so an angel will catch up to him as he runs and as he runs this angel will find him and put him to sleep under a tree get him up get him something to eat put him back to sleep again and then say to him you know what you need to eat because your journey is, is big in front of you, but while you're eating, I'm going to talk to you. And the, the angel serves as a counselor. You're not the only one who's left. You're not the only one who serves the Lord. You've just lost perspective because you're so tired. And even though you're on the run and the threats are high, God sends his special forces, not only as protection and presence, but also as provision. He actually has the angel feed this guy, take care of him, nurture his soul and spirit as well as his body. Uh, First Kings, skip down to chapter 19, skip down to verse 7. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey for you. It's too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and strengthened by the food. He traveled, get this, this is some food. He travels for 40 days and 40 nights till he reaches Horeb. That's... Uh, my gosh, that's some power bar, isn't it? Wow. I've heard of five-hour energy. This is like 40-day energy. Can you imagine? But you have to understand, angels are there just, you need to know this, angels are there for you too. This isn't just about Old Testament stories. This is about us. Okay? Get that. Fourthly, angels are messengers with God's power. Um, Hezekiah, another great story. Good leader, good guy, good guy. But he's up against insurmountable pressure. The, the enemy is huge. He cannot run. He can't get away. And, and so he's about, his, his people are about to be obliterated. They're going to be humiliated and then killed at the end of it. 
And Isaiah the prophet will say to him, just listen, just stop, Hezekiah, just listen to the Lord. God will be your protection. He will fight for you. And so that night, the angels show up to this Assyrian camp, the enemy camp, and they kill off, I, I'm sorry, this is too much for some of you to handle. He'll kill off, this angel will kill off 185,000 people in the night. That's more than it's in our county. That's like a whole county, just gone. Think about that. Here's one of the problems we have, is that we sing, you know, uh, um, angels we have heard on high. You know, it's like, do do your partner and do do your corner. It's just like, this isn't square dance or little bits of a ballet. No, these are angels. And these angels can not only feed you, they can strike a whole camp dead overnight. Hezekiah gets up in the morning, and for as far as he can see, it's just dead bodies. And he's going, I didn't hear a thing in the night. I slept right through it. An angel brushed right over and killed them all. He didn't have to, he didn't have to raise his sword to it. You see, we, we think of angels as just something we put on top of a tree or at the mantle of the fireplace, and they're wispy and they're feathery and they're light and frothy, and, that, and that's just not the case. Um, I'm going to ask it again. I asked it a couple weeks ago. How many of you have um, electricity in your homes? I was surprised at how many did not last time I asked this question. Okay, good. And um, just for a moment, I want you to think about um, you, you have plugs in your kitchen, and you just say, you know what, our house is old, we need to update. We're, let's put some GFI plugs in the kitchen, or in the bathroom, um, just because there's a lot of water there. And so you're going to pull that plug. My house is like um, almost 50 years old. I, I was doing this, and the plugs that um, are in my kitchen, actually in the garage, the panel says washer, like washing machine. It's not what it is. Uh, I found that out because it tickled me, you know. Have you ever been tickled by 110? Anybody? Yeah. A little tickle, yeah. And then you, whoa, hey, hey, I guess we're going to strike the whole house down here. And, and, um, I, and, and so you, my, my panel's all marked wrong. And uh, people just, previous owners just added plugs but didn't really update the panel. So then I paid to have my panel updated with an electrician. He put the same labels on as the old panel. So it's still, I still don't know where my plugs belong. So I, I, but, but 110 will tickle you. It'll jolt you, won't it? But we, if you go to the laundry room and you go not to the washer but to the dryer, there's a different kind of plug there. And this is more of a manly plug. This is a plug that'll get your attention. This is a 240 plug. This, this plug will do damage, right? I, any of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and you don't know what I'm talking about because you've lived to survive it because this one will melt your tennis shoes, right? 240 volts. So we have angels that are 110, you know, they can tickle you. Others that can like jolt you, kill you, but that's not really the end of what an angel could do when it comes to power. Have you ever driven after a storm when there's been lightning? Have you ever seen a tree like a 75-year-old oak tree that got hit by lightning? Have you ever seen this before? It is amazing in nature. 
and in one second the tree gets hit split taken to the ground and is smoldering it's not even burning it's now just in the afterburn so it's already like it's been jolted burned and already out but the tree is already down because it got hit by one jolt of lightning and that's not even plugged in it we can't even tax that kind of power like you can electricity right you can't control that that's just straight up lightning if you and I were to try to take down that 75-year-old oak tree, we would be all day with chainsaws and moles and axes and even a, a come-along and maybe even a small bobcat. You would still be half a day taking that tree apart. What a lightning bolt can do in one second, okay? So you have angels who have some power and have mega power and then have monster power, lightning power. You have to understand, that's the power of an angel. When God says, I set a guard over you, uh, guess what? No one's going to penetrate that. That's monster guard. When angels said to the shepherds, uh, there is born to you this day in Bethlehem, city of David, a savior. We're watching over him. Guess what? Satan cannot penetrate that curtain. Those angels mean business. And if you try to penetrate that curtain, the angels will do you serious damage. Why? Because they're under assignment, because they are under assignment by God who created them. They are his angels, not your angels, not my angels. They are his angels, Psalm 91. All right, now go back to the text. Angels are messengers with God's power. Not only his presence, not only his protection, not only his provision, all of it, his power incredible power all right why is that what is this leading up to what well, leads up to luke chapter one angels are messengers of god's plan of his plan luke chapter one verse 26 in the six months of elizabeth's pregnancy god sent an angel gabriel to nazareth to the town of galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. By the way, who's Elizabeth? Elizabeth's married to Zachariah, who had an angel tell him, oh, by the way, your wife who's too old to have a baby, I guess she's going to have a baby. <laughs> Good luck with that. Can you imagine, if you're that old and you're having a child, I laid him down somewhere, can't remember where, but... <laughs> Wouldn't that be great to have, be a parent at the age of 90 or something? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. God sent an angel, uh, Gabriel, to Nazareth, the town of Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. There's our lineage, okay? Puts him in the line of royalty. The virgin's name is Mary, end of verse 27, now 28. The angel said to her, and I uh, went to her and said, Greetings, you're highly favored. The Lord's with you. So she, he says, Hi, I'm here with some good news. And she is greatly troubled why she doesn't even know what electricity is and she knows i have heard the stories about the lightning i know what angels can do and if you had seen that you had heard those stories you'd be troubled too mary's greatly troubled at his words and wonder what kind of greeting this might be oh i didn't do it that's my first response i didn't do it i am not accusing you of anything but the angel said you don't be afraid mary don't be afraid. You found favor with God. 
You will conceive, give birth to a son. You're to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. In other words, this is the lineage. It's going to come through a body, human body. This is going to be human savior through the right line. And yet it will be a perfect savior. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. These angels are giving the message of God's plan. And angels are, angelos is the Greek term. It's just our word for messenger. These are messengers, even at their core. They're just giving the best news ever. And what are they announcing? All of, for hundreds of years, they've been preparing the way all through the Old Testament. And now that God's plan is being revealed, they're messengers of God's incredible salvation plan. I want you just to think about it for a moment. Um, you have to think about this from the, the cosmic wonder side, kind of the back away to get the higher level perspective on this. You see, long before, long before we showed up on earth, there was a conflict in heaven and Lucifer, one of the angels, rebelled against God, was thrown out of heaven with a bunch of other angels because of their rebellion. They became the satanic force and demons. They want to take down whoever God is sending to save, but they don't know what this is because they, they aren't all-knowing. And so what do they do with the earth? They create all kinds of sin and chaos. That's why all throughout human history you're going to find all kinds of weird political systems and power plays. You'll see countries come and go. You'll see bondage. You'll see conflict stealing. You'll see one country robbing, uh, stripping out the assets of another country. Why is that? Because Satan wants to create chaos because he wants to take down as many as he can. Understand, that's all part of the spiritual warfare. He knows God is up to something, but he doesn't know what. And so his demons are always watching to see what God's going to do. And he thinks there's going to be a king that's coming. And he's looking for the king, but the king never comes. And then one day, one of the demons shows up and says, um, we have a report of a cluster of, of uh, some angels. Uh, they seem to be gathering in Judean hillsides. We're not sure what's going on. Okay, get back to me. No big deal. We'll, uh, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Rome. I'm looking at... At all the big world headquarters, why would he be in a back hillside? Next day they come back, uh, the angels um, camped over a hillside with a bunch of sheep. And then one of the angels turned the lights on, scared the willies out of the shepherds. And then all of a sudden, there were millions of angels on that hillside. Satan goes, something's up, but I don't know what. And another demon says, I listened to his, the guy's speech, and the guy said, there was a baby born. What? A king is not a baby. It's going to be a king, not a baby. What, what's going on? What are the angels doing? And by that time, Satan realizes, oh my goodness, God has entered human flesh. He has sent his son in the form of a baby and he's already on the earth it's too late i can't stop it you understand what's happening i can't stop this now and no matter what he does he can't penetrate why because there's angels there do you get the significance of this he can't stop god's salvation plan because angels are on the hillside and then moving over to to protect the manger scene and 
will he not guard you and me who are inheriting eternal life as well? It, it's an incredible thought when you think about it. Satan cannot win this battle. He can only create chaos along the way. And he will do his best to have ruin and disaster and grief and horror and violation and abuse. But in the end, he will eventually lose. And Jesus will win. And Jesus will win. Not only did he win upon the cross, Satan thought that was the done deal. Then he rises from the dead. What is this about? To prove himself more powerful than death itself. Satan knows he's defeated. And, and, and the angels are these messengers of this incredible plan. I want to I give you five conclusions, three that we picked up last week, and I'm going to add two more. Here we go. Conflict is primarily spiritual. When you look at the angel on top of your tree, or at the mantle of your fireplace, or at your dining room table, or your door hanging on a wreath at your door, just know there's an incredible amount of power to that, and protection, and presence. This is, even though these are sweet moments and the angels are beautiful, right? They just are. Don't lose sight. Those angels are protecting what is God's. And um, secondly, when God sends his angels, he sends incredible power. Uh, uh, have you ever been um, to... <laughs> Well, I haven't been to many, but I've been to a few where we, we got to see a, um, a high profile. One time we got to see a, a sitting president of the United States, and we got the kids up early in the morning, and everybody, you know, we all showered, put our best clothes on, got there, got there long before it was light outside, and the president wasn't supposed to come by till like 10 o'clock. We're there at 5.30, you know. <laughs> and um, right before the president shows up, well, I, I look, and at the stadium, oh my goodness, I see some aircraft, and then I see guys on top of the stadium. Oh my word, this is right out of a, right out of a TV show. There's snipers on the roof. Yeah, that means he's close. <laughs> and the guy next to me, who's a banker, goes, well, that means we're safe. No one can get in, can get in now. Isn't that crazy when you think about, think about just the protection. Uh, the angels are the snipers for Jesus. No one's going to come into that manger. So when God sends his angels, he sends incredible power. Thirdly, you and I have this kind of protection as well. Because the angels that are assigned to Bethlehem, I, I'm convinced they're created beings. The ones who ministered to Elijah when he was tired might be the same one that ministers to you when you're tired or depressed. Isn't that cool? Isn't that, wow. The same angels that, that watched over David in the, in the shepherd's field might be the same angels that look after you. Um, so we have the access to the same protection. But number four, you have to understand, God is absolutely serious about his plan. He's not going to let anybody bump into it. He's not going to let anybody stop it. So we should not take the salvation casually because God is that serious. We, are, we dare not be laissez-faire about this salvation plan and the great story and following Christ and taking him seriously. 
If you see your need for the Savior, you'll run to him. You'll run to the rescue. You'll, you'll run to him. Why? Because you understand the value of his rescue plan. You'll be glad that you jumped in and on it because it's a one-time offer for all. And then finally, God sends his special forces not just to offer salvation, but to guarantee it. To guarantee it. You have 39 books of the Old Testament and, and the angels show up well over 100 times. Do you know what their record is? Over 100 and no losses. <laughs> okay? You understand this? They don't lose when they go to battle. It, when their assignment is to nurture, they nurture. When it's to feed, they feed. When it's to guide, they guide. When it's to kill, they kill. They just do what they're assigned to do. So understand, when they're on assignment to protect the Savior, they protect him. Mentioned over 300 times in the scripture throughout, they don't negotiate, they never settle, they don't back down, they don't pay off. Because why? Because they are God's angels on God's assignment. So one more time, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Psalm 91. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Hebrews 1. Those are the same angels that you and I get today. Some of us in the room are uh, facing some hard times from this last year. You have some loved ones, believing loved ones who've passed away. Understand this. It's your Christmas and you're missing them and that would be normal and natural. Just know they did not pass from this life to the next alone. They did not. Some of us in the year ahead, we don't know what the challenges are. We don't know what we're going to face, and we don't know what the hardship is going to be in front of us in the year ahead. And you, you worry about that, and you're at fiscal responsible times, first of the year, and they're looking at cutbacks, and they're looking at margins. And understand this, the challenges you face, you do not face alone. You have the Lord's pr presence and his protection. You have his provision. And, and you, you, if you trust him as Savior, you have his plan. You cannot, you cannot lose. And the angels are a great reflection of that to us and a great reminder. So the next time you see an angel above a tree, no, the Lord is absolutely serious about his salvation plan. Would you bow with me in prayer? Would you stand with me as we pray? God, our Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you thought through every single detail of the salvation plan. The special forces that protected the Savior, Lord, now stand to protect those of us who trust that Savior. May we take not only great comfort in that, but may that give to us a certain level of courage too, to face what we're facing in the year ahead, to remember what happened in this past year, and to go with you into the future in faith. Fill us not only with faith, but maybe be people of great hope, knowing that you ultimately win the battle, 
So we think and feel and act like winners because we are on the winning side. To the glory of Christ, we pray these things. And the church says, amen.